Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful, spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Love in the next decade. We only have a few weeks left in this decade. Wow. Tune in to hear why the next decade will be different in love, how it affects you, and what you need to do in order to have the partnership you want. Hello, everyone. I'm Violet Lang. I'm an expert on love, dating, and relationships. And tonight we're going to talk about the next decade of dating. But before we get into that, I'm going to play a little bit of music like I did at our Feminine Energy Festival. It was a fun way to kick things off. So what I love about this song is she says, no one calls you honey when you're sitting on a throne. And I tell my clients, my queens all the time to remember that you are the queen. Remember that you're sovereign. So just enjoy this for a second or two with me. (laughs) Put on your own way to move, your own way to flow. Yes. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) all right let's begin so I was thinking about you know what's going to be different this next decade of dating versus the last decade of dating so yeah dating in this next decade is going to be different than this last decade and this last decade was actually the most transformational decade ever for dating so even though eHarmony came out in the year 2000 Tinder came out in the year 2012, and that's what really changed things. Obviously, eHarmony and Match came out before that, and people were online, but they tended to be on sites, sites that navigated you through a process with lots of messaging, lots of questionnaires, lots of details, and then the apps came out, mainly with Tinder, and everything changed. It turned into gamification and hookup culture and uh, crazy things like ghosting and breadcrumbing and friends with benefits. And, you know, none of that stuff we were talking about a decade ago. No one would have said ghosting or breadcrumbing or friends with benefits. I mean, maybe friends with benefits was starting to come out a little bit in the late 2000s before we crossed 2010. But think about how much has changed. And even now there's 50 million people on all the sites, but only 20% of relationships, even though online dating has been going on, I'll just use eHarmony as like the, the starting point since 2000. So 19 years of online dating and the best we've got is 20% of relationships starting online. That's kind of messed up in my mind. Like that makes me mad. Like why are there 50 million people online but only 20% of relationships are starting online? And the reason that pisses me off is because I think a woman's time is so valuable and your heart is so valuable and you have busyness raising your kids and doing things at work and taking care of your body and trying to be a good friend or a good daughter and to spend a bunch of time online and not get what you want is not good. <laughs> so the thing is, though, this next decade is going to be more of the same, I believe. You know, there's fewer users on eHarmony than ever before. The top sites are actually Tinder and Match, so those are still going really strong. But I've even heard, this is totally heartbreaking, but I've even heard that there are people in their young 20s who, when they're making love, are actually on Instagram. Like, not just afterwards, but they're like mindlessly scrolling through Instagram, which made me feel sick to my stomach. My friend who is uh, uh, who works in more of like the intimacy space, he was telling me that this weekend, and I just was totally shocked. So I've been really thinking about dating and how it's going to be different 
different. And what I want to share with you tonight is the things that you need in terms of dating for the next decade and the things that you don't need. And let's be clear, like it's not about dating, at least for me. I don't want anyone to feel like they have to go on a million dates because dating is an energy game, not a numbers game. And it's kind of like exercise. How many of you are like, I love exercise? Maybe, but most likely you're like, I love the endorphins. I love feeling fit. I love hanging out with my friends. I love a sense of power. I love getting grounded. I love a good sweat. Exercise is a pathway to a bunch of beautiful things, just like dating is a pathway to love and to relationship and to connection. And so let's dive in to those four things, the first four things, which is what you're going to need in order to not spend a decade of dating in order to just date for a few months. I mean, a lot of my clients, they just date for a few months and then they find their partner, which is pretty great, right? It saves them lots of time and helps them find a good role model for their kids or someone to start a family with or someone to start a business with. It becomes really creative. Um, the other thing before we get into the first four things that the four things that you do need to win in dating in the next decade is to keep in mind that yes, this is, um, this is a dire, dire picture, so to speak, that more people are on the apps than ever, but fewer people are getting into relationships. And a lot of youngsters, <laughs> like I'm not old, but still, I'm 39, I can call them youngsters. People in their 20s, you know, are, are so glued to their screens. But there is a small percentage of people who are really getting what they want in relationship. Because even though there's a lot of chaos and a lot of madness, the human desire for connection has never been stronger. Like we want connection. We want love. And there are more men now doing their work, showing up, learning how to be high quality men, learning about integrity than ever before. And so that's, that's exciting to me that there's more high quality men than ever before who are really doing their work to be in integrity. And there's more deeper need for connection than ever before. So this is, it can be a good thing when you have the right skills, you have the right tools and you have the right support. You know, this kind of craziness can be a good thing because when you have these four things that I'm about to share with you, then you can really rise to the top, so to speak, and create a relationship that really works for you on your terms with a great partner. So I want to make sure I go in order. <laughs> the first thing that you're going to need in this next decade of dating is wise counsel. <laughs> and that might sound a little bit old fashioned, like back in the days of kingdoms and queendoms and all of those things. But think about it. You know, do you have a council? Do you have a group of people that are wise that can counsel you in your love life? And I'm not talking about all your married friends who have amnesia about what it's like to date. And I'm not talking about your single girlfriends where you get together over wine and like show each other different Tinder profiles and like make comments or put people down or get catty, although that can be fun every once in a while. Um, what I'm talking about is really sacred sisterhood, people who are your wise counsel, who have your best interests at heart, who know you really well, who know what you want and what will light you up and who are dating and relating from a higher level. So if you're dating and relating from a higher level, you can hold both points of view. You can hold the point of view of your friend, your sacred sister, and what she wants and who she is. But you can also hold the point of view of the sacred masculine and the challenges that, that men go through. Or if you're in a same-sex partnership, the challenges that other women go through. So gone are the days where we can just get away with, you know, poo-pooing someone that we don't even know and staying kind of smug about online dating. That's, that's not going to work because it's just a harder situation than it ever has been before. 
So one of my favorite things about the women that I work with is that I work with them for life. So even after you graduate one of my programs, you're in an alumni group and we have a monthly alumni alumni call, or if you're in Fabulously Feminine, we have two calls a month and that goes on forever. And the reason why that's so cool is because even before I get a chance to respond to someone's post in one of those groups, like five to 10 other people have commented. And yes, I think I'm great at what I do and I have amazing results, but how cool is it that there's another, you know, five to 10 people either cheering you on or giving you their perspective, people that you trust, people that are also on the same path and maybe even further ahead of of you on the path, you know, in a great relationship, if you're just dating or married, if you're in a great, in a great relationship, but it's not quite where you want to go. So wise counsel, number one thing that every woman needs if she wants to successfully date in this next decade. And then the second thing that you need is intuition. And intuition is a bit strange because we have it like as women, we totally have it, but we don't always pay attention to it. And so intuition combined with embodiment is what makes it really stick. Um, So yeah, so intuition, just with intuition, we've got it, but we might not necessarily be using it. Um, I'm getting distracted because now that I have this rocker, I just want to rock in it. Um, So intuition plus embodiment is really what gives us the courage and the clear signal of when to go, go forward with our intuition. So intuition and embodiment and lumping them together. Second thing that you're going to need to know. And what do I mean by embodiment? You know, embodiment is more than just like cranking out a session of CrossFit, even though that can be embodied if you're bringing a lot of consciousness to it. Embodied means really being in touch with the physical sensations that you're experiencing and your emotions. And then why is this important in this next decade of dating? It's because in this next decade, you know, there's going to be a lot of what I'm going to call dating zombies, like both men and women who are just like in a zombie mentality. They're not sure who they are. They're not sure what they want. Um, they might just want to hook up. They might want love if it's not too inconvenient. Um, they're not super connected to themselves. Have you ever been around a partner or potential partner who you can just tell is checked out? If that resonates with you, drop something in the comment bar and let me know. I want to see if that is the majority of people. My own experience and what I hear from a lot of the women that I talk to is that a lot of a lot of men that they meet are, are pretty checked out. You know, they're they're numbed out. They're numbing out with porn or they're numbing out with social media or they're numbing out with um you know, whatever their work, their addiction to work or those things. So yeah, drop me a comment. If you feel like that Kimberly says, yes. Yeah. Most masculine is, is suffering. And when masculine suffers, they find a way to numb out. Whereas when feminine suffers a healthy way that we do it, we might shop or do all those other things, but a healthy way that the feminine goes through suffering is to connect, to build relationship that builds our oxytocin that helps us deal with stress for the masculine. If they're going through stress, they need to build their testosterone and they should be going to the gym, uh, climbing a mountain, setting a vision, doing something powerful. But a lot of men don't know how to do that or they feel overwhelmed or their father figure never showed them that. And so they are, um, they're collapsing, they're, they're numbing. And the impact that that has on us as women is it's devastating. It feels so sad to get dolled up, to get excited, to get ready for a date with someone that you met online or otherwise, and then go and just not feel his presence, you know, just feel like he's either checking out the waitress or checking his phone or just seems too cool for school. I'm putting my hands like this because there's this energy of like detachment. Like this person is not connected to their body. Like if you were on a street with them, you wouldn't think like, yeah, I feel safe and protected. You'd be like, I don't know. I barely, 
I can barely get a read on this guy. Uh, I would want you to be with a healthy masculine where you're like, I feel safe. I feel relaxed with him. He's so present. He's on it. You know, I can tell that he's aware and alert. And if something were to happen, he's got it. That's not the normal experience. You know, men get into this numbing and they're collapsing instead of going into their healthy masculine. And so ways that we will know that is we'll be embodied. If you're embodied, it doesn't mean that your partner or your person that you're on a date with is going to be the one for you. But being embodied will give you the clear indication to not spend more time with that person. It's not your job to teach him. It's not your job to make him more present. Although being more in your feminine energy will evoke more masculine qualities from him. It's up to you to be discerning. To be a discerning dater is super important in this next decade of dating. Um, so the third thing that we need in this next decade, if you don't want to spend the next decade just dating, is to have clear vision. And this is, again, where a lot of us get confused. And I talked about this our festival of feminine energy, but we culturally have somehow decided that the masculine holds the vision and we just hope that he chooses us and that it works out. And it's actually totally backwards. The feminine has the vision. The feminine is the visionary and the man is the one who's supposed to make it happen. Look, in nature, the, the dude bird makes the nest. <laughs> the male is making the nest while the woman is, you know, getting ready to, to have the eggs come out of her. And nature, the wolf is the one who's like, this is where I think we should camp and spend the night. This is the caribou that I want the herd to eat. Like she picks. So the woman is actually the chooser in most of nature. But we've forgotten that as a modern culture. We've given our power to men and it's time to take that power back that we're the chooser, but we have to choose based on a vision. To just choose based on like, oh, his bank account. I mean, if that's what you want to choose on, that's okay. I'm not here to judge. But to choose on things that aren't necessarily sustainable or lasting is not setting you up for a great success. So it's important that you have this clear vision, but it does not mean that you have to know every single detail. You know, some people will be like, oh, but I don't know what he's supposed to look like. It's, it's less about that. It's less about like what this person is supposed to look like or the crisp little details. And it's more about knowing energetically what you want. Do you want to be with someone who's like a musician, kind of a jester, really playful, really energetic and really adventurous? Or do you want to be with someone who's like a king and a go-getter and a CEO? And don't shame yourself if you want to be with someone that's a little beyond the norm. Who cares? I've never been attracted to the CEO personality. Maybe because I have a lot of boss babe within me. And so I need some contrast and some polarity. But it's not just about like picking the highest alpha status person. Although for you, it might be. You might love that. That might totally turn you on. Um, but just keep in mind that your clear vision needs to mainly be about how you want to feel and what sort of energy you want to attract. How many of you um, saw the party from the Feminine Energy Festival about catnip? You can just like drop something in the comment bar. I think it was party number number two during our feminine energy festival, we talked about catnip. And for those of you that work with me in, in my programs, you've heard me talk about catnip because it's this like uh, primal pull of what we're attracted to, but it might not actually be aligned with our vision. So my catnip was like aloof, artsy men who were too cool for school, who were totally emotionally unavailable. I mean, that that's sexy to me, but it's not sustainable. I, I chased after those guys for so many years and it was such a waste of time. There was an actor in New York City that I dated off and on for like two years. I mean, you could pretty much call it friends with benefits just to be totally vulnerable and tell on myself. And, uh, 
I wince when I think about that time. I'm like, oh, I spent two years just energetically thinking about this guy all the time. I traveled to see him. He never traveled to see me. Um, I was the one reaching out to him all the time. I was the one who was spending lots of mental energy thinking about him and stalking his social media. And anyway, I won't get too much on a tangent. Um, I don't have any animosity anymore for that, but I am like, oh, little Violet <laughs> from 10 years ago. Too bad you didn't know now. <laughs> Too bad you didn't know then what you knew now, because I wasted a lot of time chasing that emotionally unavailable person. You know, we we get into this bad habit of, of going after our catnip instead of going after our vision. So the third thing that you need to be successful in this next decade for dating and to get past dating is, if you want, um, is or make your dating experiences better, I should say, is to have your clear vision. And if that overwhelms you, then uh, get some support. You know, set up a love strategy session with me or my team. It's a free call and we help you get really clear on what you want and what's holding you back from getting there. Um, the con the link to that I'll put in the comments. It's violetlang.com forward slash talk. Again, it's just a free love strategy session. So you can get clear on your vision because it is really, really important. So let me look at my notes and get to the fourth item. The fourth thing that you need to win in this next decade of dating, because things are changing and in many ways getting worse, getting less connected and more chaos on the apps and everything, is devotion. And devotion is one of the facets of feminine energy. There are 13 facets of feminine energy, which we talked about at the festival and which I cover in my Fabulously Feminine program. But devotion is a way that you can stay resilient. So I want you to be resilient as all get out because you need that with online dating and with dating in general, but I don't want you to close off your heart. So that's why I love this word devotion is because it's such a feminine way to talk about discipline and resilience and letting things roll off our back. But if we have too much of that discipline and, and, you know, letting things roll off our back, we can easily become too much of the ice queen. Now, the ice queen is fun to play with. We need that energy at some point in the dating process so we don't get overly attached. But if you're not in a, in a committed partnership, and let me say that differently, if there's no one that you're particularly interested in, if it's not to that point yet where you just, you haven't met anyone that you're interested in, you know, you don't need a lot of ice cream. You need more devotion, devotion to yourself and devotion to being a woman of love. You don't have to be devoted to going on 25 dates a month. That would be a lot, <laughs> too much burnout, but be devoted to love. Be willing to say, you know what? I'm devoted to love. So many of the, the modern women that I talk to who are professionals, they feel so ashamed about wanting love. They're like, well, I just, I don't want to tell anyone that I, that I want to have a relationship because I should just be focused on my career. And my friends just kind of want to nitpick the guys that they go out with. And it's bold and courageous to say, I'm committed to love. I'm going to make love happen in my life. I don't know exactly who, I don't know exactly when, but this is something that I really want. And that's important to me. And maybe it looks different than like what I thought when I was 22, but I want to experience love in my life. I get chills just thinking about that and just talking about that because that level of devotion will help you rise above the melee that is online dating and the chaos that is going to continue to be online dating. So those are the four things that you need. Now let's talk about what you don't need. Uh, if anyone has any questions as we're going through, drop them in. I'm happy to, to respond and, uh, and, and let you know what I think about those top four or answer your specific question. So what we don't need, here's what we don't need in this next decade of dating. We don't need to settle. <laughs> I know that probably is obvious to most all of you, but think about in this last decade, think about in, 
you know, the, not the aughts, the teens, 2000 teens. Um, where did you settle? Maybe you went on too many dates with someone that just wasn't the right fit. Maybe you married someone that wasn't the right fit. That was me from 2003 to 2007. (laughs) I totally settled for the wrong person because I just wanted to be in a relationship and I wasn't using my intuition and my embodiment, the the second thing that you need in this next decade. So think about where you might have settled. Or another way to think about it is where did you maybe betray yourself? Where did you sell yourself short and not really uh, open up to the right partner for you? Why do we do this? Why do we settle? Well, we settle because we think that we're not worthy of someone who's a better fit for us. Or we settle because our parents have been harping on us forever. You know, when are you going to be in a relationship? Um, How come you're still single? Worst question ever. (laughs) It's like, if I knew I would be in a relationship. So uh, I have a lot of empathy for those of you who get that question all the time, especially since the holidays are coming up. You know, it's about to be Thanksgiving and Christmas. and, And that's such a common question. Why are you still single? And people mean it as a compliment, but it's, it doesn't feel like a compliment. So if you are in a great relationship, a better question to ask would be, um, what are you looking for in a partner and how can I help? (laughs) Maybe I know someone, maybe I can set you up. Um, so yes. So the first thing is no settling because the truth is there's so many options out there and this is a good thing and a bad thing. It means that when you're in a partnership, your partner is going to have lots of options. Now he or she shouldn't be looking at those options. They shouldn't be actively evaluating you if you're in a loving, committed partnership. Um, But the truth is that we need to have partnership, which inspires us to be at our best and inspires our partner to be at their best. So that relationship is based on choice. I think choice is more powerful than commitment. I'm married. I'm happily married. I love being committed. But if we stopped choosing each other on a daily basis, marriage would quickly become an obligation. And I'm not interested in that. Like, I don't think anyone wants to be in a job or in a relationship or in a house or in any sort of partnership out of obligation. I mean, kids are a little different. You are obligated to take care of your child, obviously, if you brought him or her into the world. But no settling because settling leads to obligation. Obligation leads to resentment. Resentment leads to all these other things that are not super healthy for the state of relationship. And because there's so many options out there, you don't need to settle, but you do need to have that sense of devotion and sacred counsel or wise counsel, like we talked about in the first four things for this next decade of dating. Okay, number two. So the second thing that you don't need in this next decade of dating is apathy or negativity. Well, I sound like Pollyanna, but the truth is the apps are an algorithm. And so if you spend a lot of time on something like a profile or a person that doesn't make you feel good that leads to apathy or statements like online dating sucks or you know there are no good men out there it's gonna think that that's what you want you might just be looking because you're like I can't believe he has that picture Ugh. but the more that you look at that Facebook or not Facebook you know hinge or whatever the app is gonna be like oh this is eyeballs this is attention this is what this person wants so you don't need apathy and you don't need negativity because it's gonna create a vicious cycle and we don't want that we don't need that so enough said That's where devotion comes in. When you stay devoted, you can rise above the apathy and above the negativity. The third thing that you don't need in this next decade is to be on all of the apps all the time. You know, I teach my clients the apps that are doing the best. Of course, they're free to experiment with different ones, but being on all the apps all the time is going to probably make you feel frustrated. You know, when you have a clear vision, like we talked about before, when you have a solid sense of intuition plus embodiment, when you have your wise counsel, and when you have a sense of devotion, it's really less about, you know, the the nitpicky being on every single app and checking them all the 
the time that can just lead to neuroses. And it's really better to have the right mindset and the right skill set so that you can capitalize and make the most of the time that you are spending on the apps and choose the best apps for you. Now, the fourth thing that you don't need in this next decade of dating is a certain look or a certain like script. So a lot of times women, because of the media, will think, well, I don't look traditionally beautiful according to media standards, so I'm therefore unworthy of love. I wish I could scream through a blowhorn to everyone watching this and everyone on the planet. It's just not true. It's so not true. We are in a new era in this next decade, and we have been for the last, I'd say, maybe four or five years, where differences are celebrated. And if people are not celebrating differences, they're not your people. I'm just going to say that. Like, I don't have any time for closed-mindedness, and I hope you don't either, because we need to celebrate our differences. We need to celebrate what makes us unique. We need to embody that and champion that. And that might be the way you look. It might be the way you think. It might be the way you dress. It might be your shape and size, uniqueness and differences are key and going to become even more celebrated and even more important, I predict, in this next decade of dating. So if you're taking yourself out of the game because you think you don't fit the media profile of what a pretty woman looks like, then you're you're losing out. You know, you're losing out on your guy or your girl who wants this uniqueness and this vitality and this zest and this, you know, mm. <laughs> it's like very few people are looking for the cookie cutter anymore. I mean, you might be one of those people who's looking for the white picket fence. And if you are, I'm not here to judge. But for the most part, we are transcending, thank goodness, the whole Stepford mentality and the whole um, cookie cutter mentality of how people are supposed to look. And, and that gives us so much more permission. But even though our society is evolving more and more, make sure your mindset is evolving, that you're not putting yourself into a box because of a comment that your mom made when you were eight, or because of something that someone in your school said about you, because they didn't understand, you know, your background and your diversity and, and your skin color. So I just want to stress that it's not about having a look, you don't need to worry about having a certain look in this next decade of dating to win. I have worked with clients who are African American, who are Asian American, who are Hispanic or, or Latina. You know, I've worked with heterosexual clients and homosexual clients. I've worked with clients who are size 22 and clients who are size two. None of it matters. There is no correlation between the work that I do and the women that I work with who are happily married and the women who tend to have a harder time. You know, the difference is the women who are happily married that I work with, they go through every step of the process, sometimes multiple times, they stay committed, they keep showing up. Now, I can't predict if you're going to meet your partner in two weeks or two years, but that's why I work with my clients for life is because I know you will meet your partner through our work together, but it's about staying resilient or staying devoted, I should say, which is the fourth thing that we said that we needed um, when it comes to this next decade of love. We oftentimes will tell ourselves that no one would be interested because of a health issue or because um, we're struggling with our career or, you know, we're struggling with a sick parent or something is going on like, a, you know, our dog just died. I mean, I hope that's not going on for you right now, but, but life happens. Um, that is also a way that we take ourselves out of the, the opportunity. So even that is a way that we judge ourselves and say, well, you know what, because I'm going through a health challenge, I'm therefore not worthy of love. So someone else might be saying, well, I'm not pretty enough, so I'm not worthy of love. Someone else might be saying, well, I'm not healthy enough, so I'm not worthy of love. You know, as women, we tell ourselves we're, we're not blank enough, and then we make that a reason why we're not deserving of love. Now, this is going to sound a little bit old-fashioned, even though I'm talking about this next decade, so bear with me for a second. 
one of the reasons why a woman going through a health challenge or a career challenge or a family challenge is not a barrier to actually having a great relationship is because of the masculine feminine dynamic. So I know this is going to sound old fashioned, but men, a healthy masculine wants to take care of, wants to provide, wants to protect. Doesn't mean he has to do that financially. You might do that emotionally by creating a safe space for you to just be yourself and not feel like you have to walk on eggshells. But there is something about the healthy masculine that says, I would do anything for you. I would kill for you. I would go to the ends of the earth for you. Like, I would do anything to make you happy. Now, I know that sounds extreme, but think about the next, like the next time that you're interacting with what you consider to be a healthy masculine, uh, maybe it's a brother or a dad or a boss. Notice, just notice how they do want to see you happy. They do want to take care of you in the little ways that they can. So a health issue in my mind is an opportunity for you to be vulnerable, an opportunity for you to be loved, an opportunity for you to reclaim, yes, I am lovable. You know, I am worthy of love. And yes, I'm going through a health thing, but it's an opportunity for me to get closer to my partner and not have to do it all myself. A lot of women have this I won't call it a complex, but like the superhero complex where we think we have to be misindependent. We have to be Wonder Woman. It's the only way we're going to get a job. I mean, especially in places like San Francisco Bay Area and New York, women will tell me, you know, well, I can't find a partner until I get this, this, and this in my life, the career, the bank account, the, the body, the health, you know, the right location. And there are maybe certain men that are looking for that resume from a partner, but that's probably not someone that I would suggest you partner with as someone who's just looking for a resume, just like I wouldn't suggest a woman look at a partner just for his or her resume. But if someone is really looking for a lasting connection that's based on more than just status, then this is a good thing actually to be able to be vulnerable and realize that we can't do it all alone. I have lots of clients who unfortunately went through some sort of tragedy at some point, like losing a parent or losing a pet or losing a job. And every time when they've been able to be real with themselves and their potential partner or their partner, it has strengthened the relationship when that person is emotionally mature enough to handle it. Now, not every person will be emotionally mature enough to handle it, but I would hope that in the early stages of dating, you're getting a sense of their emotional maturity. So you're not spending years with someone who's low integrity or narcissistic or, or isn't emotionally attuning to you. So, um, but we sometimes hide our, our vulnerabilities or we hide the things that are tough for us thinking that our partner can't handle it. And I say share those things early and often because if your partner can't handle it, it's not the right partner for you. I don't want someone to find out five years when later when they go through a stressful time that this person is really, I was going to say a scaredy cat, but this person it really like can't hang during stress. Like I want the relationship and each partner to go through small and big stressors like come up in day-to-day life to make sure that that person can hang with you and can handle it and can, can be with you through the ups and downs. That to me tells me that that partnership is more resilient. Uh, we were talking about on our fourth one, not needing a certain look or to fit into a certain societal standard. And I'll go one layer deeper with that. You know, what we also don't need is a script. So a lot of times we think, you know, what should I say? What should I say after the first date? What should I text him? And I give a lot of examples of scripts to my clients, but I don't have anything, you know, that's like, this is exactly what you say, letter by letter, word by word for in between date number six and date number seven. And that might drive some people crazy. They just want it laid out for them. They're like, what is the exact thing? But the thing is, if that's something that someone is giving you, the exact 
thing to say, you know, between date six and date seven, it's not actually empowering that person because, you know, what are they going to do when it's date 27? Like, are they going to refer back to the manual? I mean, I do give my clients what I call the dating guide map and rules of the road. It's kind of these guidelines. It's like traditionally in my experience, in my experience with my hundreds of clients, like here's what is good to talk about when, here's some things to consider. Um, this is what could happen. This is how you might interpret that or deal with that. But it's not so specific that you're getting locked into a script. And that's why a lot of these books that were popular, you know, 10 years ago, like Men Marry Bitches or The Rules, they just don't really apply that much. Some of the content, I'm not poo-pooing at all. Some of the content is, is interesting, but we're transcending the place of scripts because it's no longer about a particular look or a particular resume or a particular thing. We're, we're moving into an unbounded time, a, a time of more chaos and a time of more possibility when you're willing to do the work that you need on yourself to get the help that you need for these things that we're talking about tonight. So let me just check the other things. Oh, um, so yeah, so let me just recap and then we will wrap things up for tonight. So dating in the next decade is going to be very different than the last decade. It's going to be harder. There's going to be more apps. There's going to be more specialty apps, you know, like for particular populations or for particular interests, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but there's going to be fewer users on those apps. And there's going to be more apps to have to, to keep track of, which is why per number three in the what you don't need, you actually don't need to be on every single app. But what you do need, and I will recap this, is number one, you need wise counsel. Don't go into the next decade of dating if you want to find a really yummy partnership and lasting love. Don't go into it without wise counsel. Whether you work with me or whether you work with someone else, do get support on this because I believe love and relationship is quickly coming to the top of our list of the things that we need help with because there's enough out there about exercise and nutrition and, you know, making money online and all of these other things. But most of us are still really suffering when it comes to our relationships and feeling empowered. So first thing you need is wise counsel. Second thing is intuition and embodiment. Those are two in one. It's all about integrating your mind, your body, and your heart. The third thing you need is clear vision. The feminine sets the vision. The masculine makes it happen. If you don't have a clear vision, you will be living out his dreams instead of your own. And that is not good. And the fourth thing that you need is devotion. Devotion is a feminine way of, of talking about resilience. It's going to take resilience to be in a relationship, to date, to find someone that's a high quality person because things are so chaotic and there are so many apps and so many people using them are not, are not successful. You know, one thing I didn't share is that 30% of people online have never met anyone online. That means there's 30% of the people out there on the apps that are just kind of scrolling and just kind of time wasters. So I don't want you to have to go through that. And then the four things that you don't need is you don't need settling because that's, again, why go there? If you if there's so many options, know that you deserve better. The second thing you don't need is apathy and negativity. Apps are an algorithm. It's not, it's not going to take you into a good place to bring a lot of apathy and negativity. The third thing you don't need is to be on every single app all the time. That will drive you bonkers, but you need an intentional strategy. I give my clients a strategy for meeting people in person and online. And the fourth thing that you don't need is a certain look or a certain script. Those are going to box you in and keep you from being open to the opportunities and the love that is out there. So if this resonated with you, drop a line in the comments. Let me know what your key takeaway was or what your favorite part was or what was an aha moment for you. And then if any piece of the process 
If, if, if any piece of this process is something that you struggle with, reach out for help. We offer free love strategy sessions, which are a 45 minute call. It's with me or my team. You get really clear on what's going on in your love life, where it is that you want to go. So you can have that clear vision and then what your next steps would be. Or if you know that you need to work on your feminine energy, because you tend to be in more in your masculine, or you're just not attracting the sort of partners that you want, or you're feeling totally burnt out on dating, then check out my fabulously feminine course. It's only open for another few days. The doors are closing on Tuesday. And if we open again next year, the price will be going up. So to book your love strategy session, it's violetlang.com forward slash talk to sign up for fabulously feminine. It's violetlang.com forward slash FF. So I will put those links in the comments uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing your takeaways, your aha home moments and celebrating as a community, how we're learning and growing and creating a wave of empowerment for women in their relationships. I always say that I'm here to create a global revolution of love because love has to change and evolve in this next decade and in this next century in in order for us as a species and humanity to do the other things we're meant to do. We just can't waste so much time worrying about apps, worrying about our partner, walking on eggshells, getting married to get divorced. You know, all of those things aren't serving us to be able to give and live at our highest vibration and our highest gifts. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review.